1: The Braves Radio Network channel on the Podcast Park is brought to you by Truist Bank. When you start with care, you get a different kind of bank. This is Atlanta's exclusive home for Atlanta Braves baseball. Bringing you the latest on the Braves all year. Now the fan presents the Braves Clubhouse Report. I fly ball. Deep left center. That one's arcing toward the
2: stands. It's gone!
1: Presented by Arrow Exterminators. Call 888-GO-ARROW or visit arrowexterminators.com.
2: Smashed high in the air, deep right field, out to the chop house, and it's gone. This is the home of the Braves, the
1: fan 680 and 93.7 FM. Now, the Braves Clubhouse Report.
3: What's going on, everyone? Wiley Ballard going in for Kevin McAlpin this afternoon. We've got a bunch in store on this edition of the Braves Clubhouse Report. And best of all, we've got games to talk about. Some good things, some uh, not so good things, but we do finally have uh, four games in the books thus far in this spring training for the Braves. Uh, Atlanta actually in action right now with the Tampa Bay Rays. If you want to swing on by and take a listen to Ben and Joe on the call, it'll be available, or it's available at this moment on uh, espn atlanta 1037 fm as is every weekday game and all games uh, weekends or weekdays on the 680 the fan app and of course uh the weekend games available on 680 the fan uh proper but happy to have you along for the ride here as uh, we have officially entered the month of march which means that four weeks from tomorrow this month we've got opening day braves and nationals march 30th and uh some pieces have looked really good so far. I mean, Max Freed, Spencer Strider, each made their first appearances of the spring. Uh, that was this um, past Monday against the Blue Jays. They each uh, tossed a couple of scoreless innings. Uh, Freed with a few strikeouts mixed in as well. Also saw a home run from Matt Olson. Vaughn Grissom's got four hits, hitting over 500 uh, in the spring so far. Again, you know, we'll still see how he looks defensively. A little early to be making too many conclusions. Uh, As far as that's concerned, but good to see him swinging the bat well. Uh, Austin Riley picked up his first base hit of the spring about an hour ago uh, off Shane McClanahan, uh, American League uh, starter in the All-Star game this past summer. Rays, by the way, have thrown some pretty serious pitching uh, at Atlanta this afternoon. McClanahan went two innings uh, and then also a uh, scoreless inning from Luis Patino. That game currently bottom of the fourth. Rays leading the Braves 1-0 at Cool Today Park. But look, I mean, the bottom line is, The fifth starter uh, is going to dominate a lot of the conversation the next four weeks as far as how things unfold. We got our first glimpse uh, at each of the top two candidates. Of course, Michael Soroka dealing with the hamstring. So he's not uh, expected at this point to probably be available for that opening day or at least that first start uh, in the fifth spot. Um, But we saw Bryce Elder on Sunday. And, you know, if you want to say maybe he got a little bit of bad luck with some ground ball singles leaking through. Uh, then gives up the uh, Jose Trevino Grand Slam. Uh, so a bumpy start to his spring. But he did retire uh, the final four guys he faced. And, of course, we you know how strong he finished in September, ERA below two, uh, in the final month of the regular season last year. And he was getting ground balls. I mean, that that's the key for Elder. I mean, the stuff clearly uh, is is not what you'd see at the top of a rotation. But he's a guy who found a way to get some outs, and especially because he was able to keep the ball on the ground, uh, which on that topic also makes Von Grissom's defense uh, a key uh, ingredient in Elder's success uh, whenever he does start in the major leagues this year whether it's as the fifth starter or maybe it's a spot start uh, later on in the summer uh, for those who missed it Ian Anderson struggled pretty heavily uh, this past or yesterday I should say against the twins uh, gave up four runs in an inning and a third uh, lasted just two-thirds of an inning they took him out in the first because his pitch count within that inning had gotten to 28 he did come back and again uh, a Another couple outs in the second inning. You can re-enter in in spring training games, but gave up the lead-off home run. Uh, then got a couple of outs. Then back-to-back walks, and uh, that slider which he debuted yesterday uh, hit for a home run by Willie Castro. Gave up four runs in the first inning. Look, here's the bottom line. I mean, and I, I don't think I'm breaking news to anybody who's a Braves fan or or, or that follows baseball, uh, you know, heavily over the course of a season. You don't want to draw really anything or. You want to be very careful what you conclude from spring training stats, and I really don't think it's responsible to conclude a whole lot from one spring training start in February, uh, as we've seen from both Elder and Anderson so far. But having said that, I don't think that was the start anybody had in mind, especially for Ian, and he even said as much um, that he basically said, look, I mean, I haven't been very good in the spring in the past, and I haven't worried about it too much, but trying to win a job, and I'm paraphrasing here, but trying to win a job, I need to try and be a little better Uh, and, you know, put up some good numbers here. So, you know, we'll see how things unfold. Moving forward, uh, Jesse Chavez uh, got the start today against the Rays. Uh, Kirby Yates uh, also expected to throw today along with Nick Anderson will make his uh, Braves debut uh, after being acquired this offseason. And uh, the Mets tomorrow, Atlanta's first look at the Mets. No, it's not going to be Verlander. It's not going to be Scherzer uh, on the mound against the Braves. It will be Carlos Carrasco and Colby Allard is going to get the start uh, for Atlanta. But look, as far as Anderson's concerned, I think, and I know Dylan Short, uh, who does a great job covering the Braves here on this channel as well, made this point throughout last season, and I think a lot of people agree with him, is, you know, Ian needs something that has a little more east-west movement. I mean, that fastball changeup combination was lights out uh, through his first couple of seasons, especially in the postseason. But, you know, this is a, a sport today, and, you know, It's possible to be a starter uh, with just two pitches, but normally you'd need a pretty hellacious fastball and a hellacious breaking ball if that's all you're going to work off of. And uh, I think for Ian to try and get that sweeping slider, it's been a pitch that's really uh, captivated the minds of a lot of pitchers across the sport. Uh, It's one that you look at some of the advances in technology, I think people feel more confident in their ability to develop it, and uh, Ian trying that on for size. And look, he, he did not command it very well. Uh, yesterday and he'd be the first one to tell you that and you know not that he needed to because we all saw uh, how things unfolded but you know again and we'll hear from Ben Ingram get his thoughts on this uh, in our next segment we spoke with Ben uh, ahead of yesterday's start uh, for Ian wanting to get his impressions of spring training as a whole and in particular that fifth starter spot but I mean Ian has the pedigree top five pick he's had a a high level of success pitched in a World Series game uh, already in his career I, I still think he's the The guy who, on paper, ought to win that job. But, you know, we've seen guys across the sport, you know, perhaps uh, less and less often in this modern era of power, power, power. But, you know, guys who can mix and match and get some outs. And for a fifth starter, all you're really asking for is a guy who's not going to blow up in the first, second, or third inning. And to be fair, uh, Ian had some moments like that, uh, including yesterday in the spring training start. So... Again there's still 25 more play dates if you will uh, for the Braves they, you know some of those will be split squads some of those are against uh, some world baseball classic teams but there are 25 more days in which the Braves will take the field between now and opening days so so plenty of more information to gather and and you know for me I, I take what Austin Riley said pretty seriously he was quoted uh, last week before games began saying that uh, he thinks the slider can be a real difference maker for Ian and, and I still think uh, he is able to turn it around um, but I don't think anyone needs to go out of their way, you know, trying to make excuses for him at this point. We need to see him deliver, uh, and, and see him look a little sharper. And I'm sure the folks uh, inside the Braves brass uh, feel the same way. As far as other injuries, uh, we, you know, Gavin Lux, I know, went down with the torn ACL, uh, likely going to miss the entire uh, 2023 season. Uh, that was uh, disclosed earlier this week. Uh, so a big loss for the Dodgers. Tyler Glass now for the Rays, out with an oblique. Uh, he's going to miss a couple months, it appears. And he's coming off Tommy John surgery. He started just two games last year. And uh, Lance McCullers for the Astros is going to be missing opening day. So some teams have been hit hard by the injury bug already in this first week. Uh, For Atlanta, nothing new in the last seven days, which, you know, I feel like this spring training is all about trying to make sure that the injury report doesn't uh, add any new names. And hopefully you can cross a name or two off it by the time you get ready for opening day. Uh, And also trying to learn about the pitch clock. And, uh, you know, I was listening to the game with Ben and Joe uh, about an hour ago on – ESPN uh, 1037 FM and they were talking about how uh, or rather there was a a box situation uh, confusing a bit on the rule there and and nobody had an answer in the press box so it seems like a lot of new rules are debuting so this this spring training is all about learning about the pitch clock learning about the new rules and hopefully keeping everybody healthy and uh, you know if you're gonna add a third uh, item that list hopefully you're able to find uh, somebody to occupy that fifth starter spot uh, for Atlanta whether it's Ian Anderson Bryce Elder Uh, We'll see. But neither neither guy uh, made a great first impression uh, in their first start. So we will monitor that moving forward. Sure, we'll see him pitch again at some point in the next week. Uh, Another note, by the way, Kevin Pillar, uh, one of the candidates to fill that left field spot for Atlanta, did homer yesterday. So still haven't seen Jordan Luplo on the field. Sam Hilliard still in the mix, of course. And uh, Eddie Rosario, the incumbent, uh, if you will, so long as he can see the baseball and every indication so far, Uh, from both Eddie and and, uh, coaches alike, is that uh, he is making much better contact even in drills uh, than he was this time last year. But for uh, some on-site impressions, for some expertise, uh, why don't we uh, catch up with the voice of the Braves, Ben Ingram. Uh, He joins us in our next segment along with Kevin McAlpin. This is the Braves Clubhouse Report, week one of spring training, wrapping up. Happy to have you here on this Wednesday afternoon on the Fan 680-937-FM.
1: The Braves Clubhouse Report on 680 The Fan.
2: Meet Harper, teammate at Truist. Hello. She was born to care and always had your back, like the time her friend's bumper car took a gnarly hit. Oh, no. His retainer went flying, but Harper caught it before it got crushed. Today, Harper's a teammate at Truist, the bank with Truist One Checking. With no overdraft fees, $100 negative balance buffer, and automatic upgrades, Truist One Checking has your back, too. When you start with care, you get a different kind of bank. $100 negative balance buffer, eligibility requirements apply. Truist Bank member, FDIC.
1: That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. I'm talking about the Xfinity 10G network. It delivers super-fast internet to power a house full of devices with ultra-low lag. And it's only getting faster. Now, Houston won't like me saying this, but this is
2: bigger than the moon landing. You didn't hear it from me, though. Oh, we heard you, Neil. You did. Yeah, we hear everything Neil.
1: Introducing the 10G network only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Now, here's more Braves talk from inside the clubhouse. This is the Atlanta Braves Clubhouse Report, presented by Arrow Exterminators. On the home of the Braves, The Fan, 680 and 93.7 FM.
3: Welcome back inside the Braves Clubhouse Report. We're joined by a couple of special guests here. Kevin McAlpin in studio for this segment. And we've also got the uh, voice of the Braves on the line, live from Florida, Ben Ingram. And uh, Ben, thrilled to have you with us. The last couple of years, spring training hasn't exactly felt normal, I suppose. 2021 dealing with the COVID protocols. Last year with the lockout and all of a sudden everyone trying to go as soon as uh, they got the green light with the CBA. Has this year felt a little more normal compared to previous springs before everything kind of went haywire the last few years?
2: Oh, yeah, there's no doubt about it. And uh, thanks for having me. Good to speak with you guys today. Um, yeah, the, the last couple of years have been very abnormal. So this has been completely normal. You're back to 33 spring training games and, and nothing stopping us. And They're even serving press meals. So, yeah, everything's back to normal down here in Florida.
4: <laughs> Good press meals, I hope, too, right?
2: it kind of depends you know we're heading to fort myers today hammond stadium and it is typically pretty bad so we're bracing ourselves
4: hey ben i wanted to ask your thoughts i mean i know it's still so early you've only had a handful of games so far but how encouraged have you been with some of the offensive performances i know you don't want to read too deep into what guys look like the first couple of days of spring training but some of these guys in this lineup the regulars really swinging the bat well aren't they
2: Sure, and I think it just goes to show how much work these guys put in in the off seasons. Now, I mean, uh, you've heard it a million times before. Used to spring training was when you got in shape. Now guys come in in great shape, and it's great to see. And uh, you know, for Matt Olson, for Austin Riley, for Ozzy Albee, he's been getting to see these guys this early in spring swinging well. And I think yesterday was a really good, um, a really good day as well. We got to see Sean Murphy for the first time, and those guys came out hacking, and it was it was fun to see that kind of offensive production this early in spring. This time of year, you're not surprised that pitching is way ahead of hitting, but uh, you got some mashers in that lineup, and they're eager to get in there and get their work in.
3: As far as left field goes this year, I know that's one of the few spots that is up for grabs. Uh, what are your impressions, not necessarily just in the first few games, but even since you've been down there, the conversations, do, do you feel like there's a front runner in that spot? Is it Eddie Rosario?
2: Um, maybe. I, I think if you had to make that decision now, sure. I think the, the biggest thing right now is you've got lots of guys who are competing for the job. Uh, and, and they'll all get a shot at it. We're going to see multiple outfielders with Rosario and uh, Hilliard and Pilar and others. You've got lots of names. I just want to see a good, healthy camp where all those guys are getting an opportunity uh, every single day and see who emerges. I don't think there's any rush to uh, come to a conclusion for left field. I think you just want to know exactly who the best competitors are and, and, and who, what you're what you're dealing with. Um, uh, see who, who makes the most sense in a lineup. I think for, for Eddie individually, it's about seeing the ball and, and getting back to making contact the way that he was in 2021. Uh, and, and for some of these other guys that we're seeing for the first time, they're getting adjusted and, and getting comfortable in a brand-new camp. And it, it won't be long before one of those guys – Uh, really emerges, I feel. And you kind of have an idea of what the direction may be for left field moving beyond spring training.
4: Ben, when Domino and and Cellini were down there last week, I know uh, Chris sat down with Kevin Pillar, and he was initially thinking about going to the World Baseball Classic and said, you know what, Uh, I'm not going to do that. I want to be here. I want to be in camp. And I think as a veteran player who's trying to make a roster, look, while playing in the WBC is fun and it's a thrill, that seems like a really really in- interesting decision for him. That shows you how much he wants mm-hmm. this job, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, well, I think you have to consider the position that he's in. If you're on the outside looking in, if you're, it's your first year of the brand-new organization, you got a, a lot of work to do if you want to win a job. Uh, I, I don't want to say that he has to do a whole lot more than an Eddie Rosario or someone like that, but Eddie's been here. We know what Eddie can do. For someone who's coming in for the very first time, and it's their first year in camp with a brand-new team, I'd say that they've got a a lot of work to do and a lot to prove. And while we've seen guys like Kevin Pillar and uh, Sam Hilliard and and other guys like that in other organizations, this is the first time you get the opportunity to see them every single day in your organization. So I think that's a good point uh, that he would would think that way and uh, a good strategy because he knows for a guy in his position, winning a job doesn't start – You know, March 10th or March 20th. It's not like he can ease in. He's got to hit the ground running. Uh, That's how I would view it if it were my first year in an organization and I'm trying to win a job. And I'd go to Triple A, and I think I'd take the same approach that he is.
3: Well, I know it's been a few days uh, since we saw the uh, the clock off, if you will, uh, with, with Cal <laughs> Conley uh, on the first game of spring training. But I'm curious, not just that moment, but what have you seen through the first few games of spring training? Has one rule jumped out to you more than the others? and Has anything caught you by surprise?
2: Nothing really in our game outside of that moment. And I'm, I know that people were not happy with how uh, the pitch violation ended the first game. I'm glad that it did. It it doesn't – these games – the outcomes of these games don't mean anything. And, of course, I'm sure Cal Connolly would have loved to have gotten another pitch and had an opportunity to win a game and uh, get a base hit to, to come from behind and win that game. But the most important thing is we get a feel of what this thing is. We learn about this thing. We can institute all the rules that we want read about them, but until we actually experience them day in and day out, it's hard to know exactly what to think. So the fact that we were faced with that in game number one, I thought was a really good thing because that helps us to continue to evolve in how we think about this and how managers uh, manage their ball clubs. It was – Joe and I were talking the other day. that It was kind of accidentally brilliant by the Red Sox <laughs> in that moment to have the catchers standing up. Uh, and, and the catcher wasn't engaged with the pitcher, but the batter had to be. And Snit said it after the game, that could be something that we even use uh, over the course of the season because you're always trying to slam against the guardrails of what is uh, what is allowed in, in order to have a slight advantage in a ball game and win a game. So I, I thought that was interesting. Um so as far as the the pitch clock goes I think it's more I think it's affecting the hitters more than anything I'm I'm seeing pitchers get the ball be ready to go and they're fine I think it's a major adjustment for a batter to be engaged and have, have his eyes on a pitcher by that 8 second mark because you've never had to do that quite that way before uh so so that's the biggest one to me uh, as far as the pickoff rule goes I I have not seen this in any of our games but I was watching a game yesterday uh this was Tiger. Yankees last night and they had a, a moment in a game where a pitcher had thrown over twice and he wanted to step off the mound and he did and that was a balk <laughs> and, and, and I thought it was interesting because you may see pitchers and not in that exact same situation but you may see pitchers who just want to slow the game down and say you know what I'll take a ball if it means just stepping off just so I can get my breath uh, I'll be curious to see how pitchers adjust with that and um, how i Base runners, uh, you know, force them to use a pickoff move or two and then put the the, uh, the advantage on them so they can go steal a base. So those are all things we're going to be learning more and more about as we get closer to opening day.
4: Yeah, when you're Cal Conley, Ben, that's not exactly the way you want to get yourself trending on Twitter, right? Becoming the first guy <laughs> to have the pitch clock violation. But I'm, I'm with you, and I think it's smart. You know, Wiley and I joked a week ago that, you know, spring training games, maybe you follow them a little bit, but, man, there is so much more intrigue in these games given the new rules it's the band shift it's the pitch clock it's whatever it might be so where i think that you know spring training games where they can get a little monotonous a little boring at times they're going to keep you on your heels this year aren't they
2: they are, and, and you're keeping the game moving. We've played three games, and the, the time of games been two thirty eight, two sixteen, and two eleven. Uh, and I mean, that's a major difference. Now we had a few more games around Major League Baseball that got around three hours yesterday. But here's the thing: I was I was looking at scores that said fourteen to eight and ten to nine, and these games are ending in two fifty nine. Uh, under the previous rules, those those would be three and a half hour games or more. So it's shaving out a lot of of, of downtime, and I think it's doing well they ultimately want it to do but it comes with some unintended consequence that we have to learn about um and, and that's why we're doing that at spring training and i like that umpires are being ultra strict with that now maybe more strict than they would be during the regular season just to train these players on what things are going to be like and how to go about their job in 2023
3: well i'm just curious to, if you guys have talked to jay chad about having to adjust those post-game meal reservations uh, on the road this year when <laughs> you got to move them up 30 minutes compared yeah. to the been in the past so uh, some extra work for him
2: I mean, that, and that's all he needs is extra work. But he, he won't complain about that at all, I promise.
3: No, no, not at all. Well, well, before we let you go, Ben, I, I know as we're speaking to you here on Tuesday, Ian Anderson starting today. I'm just curious what have you seen between him, Bryce Elder, I and mean, we know Michael Soroka dealing with the hamstring? Uh, what is your take on the fifth spot? Again, knowing that when we're speaking to you today, uh, Ian Anderson's yet to throw.
2: Yeah, well, today I'm looking to see what this slider looks like. I mean, that's been the talk at camp that Ian Anderson has got a slider. And Joe and I were discussing this yesterday. Uh, he needed a third pitch really bad. It's not like it's got to be a pitch that all of a sudden it becomes his best pitch. But it needed something that, that, that caused batters to look off that fastball changeup. Um, pretty good fastball, really good changeup. But they're only going to be enhanced if you add a, have a third pitch. and. Uh, I hope it's effective enough where he can use it. Uh, this is me speaking here. I've not heard anybody else say this. This is just my opinion. When it comes to the fifth spot in the rotation and the guys who are competing for it, Ian is supposed to win that job. Ian was a, uh, drafted in third overall. He's pitched in the World Series. He's supposed to be that guy. Um, I don't want to take anything away from Bryce Elder or or Michael Soroka or anyone else, but I think when it comes to the guys that you have, it's supposed to be Ian's job to win, and uh, we'll see if he's able to take a step towards doing that today. The good news is you've got lots of guys competing for that spot, and uh, Bryce Elder got roughed up a little bit the other day in Tampa, but uh, we've seen him do some good things in the past. And I think it'll be a pretty good competition throughout camp.
4: Ben, before we let you go, this team wins 101 games last year. And I saw Brian Snitker on MLB Network the other day talking about how this team can continue to get better. Would you agree? And and the first thing that came to my mind was you can get better by getting out of the gates quicker. Do you feel like that's the one hurdle? Maybe over the last couple of years, this team has started slow, but then come June 1, they could become one of the best teams in baseball. Is it fair to say that getting out of the gates quicker this year would be one area where this team could drastically improve from the last few years?
2: Yeah, you could. I mean, it's hard to, on on one hand, that makes a lot of sense to me. On the other hand, it's like, okay, but what's the end result? You still won 101 games (laughs) last season. Um, You you just don't put so much pressure on yourself to have to get that hot. If you can have a decent start. Uh, and, And I think that's, that's, Backs your point. I mean, you don't have to have the, the, the April that the Mets had last year. I think they were 20 and 9 or mm-hmm. something like that. And the Braves found themselves 10 and a half back. You don't want to bury yourself like you did then and have to spend four months coming all the way back like you did. Um, but at the same time, I don't want to put too much pressure on a team that doesn't play their best ball in April, but you don't want to get out there and find yourself buried, you know what I mean? Um, so I think it is important. I think that is a place where they could do a little bit better and have a little bit more consistency. I look back on those first few games of last season and you know you're losing a series to the nationals and you're splitting a series with the reds and you come july and august you wouldn't even dreamt that happening because you're so much better than you were then but uh, getting out to a slightly better start uh, that would be welcomed by everybody and i think that's going to start on the mound and how consistent you are one through five in your rotation
3: and for me i'm so excited to see how the national league east race plays out you guys have, have got the mets on thursday first time uh, we'll see the braves and mets on the field uh, since Uh, that great series to close out the season. Ben, thanks so much for your time. I look forward to tuning in throughout the spring and especially come March 30th when we start uh, putting those in the standings.
2: Yeah, fellas, good to talk to you all today.
3: All right, thanks, Ben. Kevin, thanks for swinging by. And uh, when we come back, we'll have some uh, more Braves Clubhouse report. You're listening to The Fan 680-937-FM.
1: This is the Braves Clubhouse report exclusively on 680 The Fan.
5: Cold months in the South mean that rodents, critters, and pests are trying to find a way into your warm house. Luckily, you can trust the pros at Aero Exterminators to keep your home pest-free inside and out. Arrow protects homes and businesses and is the official pest control provider of Truist Park and the Braves. So you know you're getting the best from the best. To set up a free pest inspection, call 888-GO-ARRO or visit arrowexterminators.com
1: listening to the braves clubhouse report presented by arrow exterminators exclusively on Atlantis sports station the home of the braves the fan final segment
3: of the braves clubhouse report before we get you locked and loaded for chuck and chernoff i'll take you up all uh, wednesday night here Currently down in Northport, uh, Tampa Bay Rays, a 2-0 lead over the Braves, top of the sixth inning. Uh, Atlanta has just the one hit. Austin Riley with that knockoff, Shane McClanahan uh, in the second inning. Uh, One other note for Atlanta, we saw the uh, spring debuts of Kirby Yates. He gives up a uh, run on a solo homer on Josh Lowe, uh, who, by the way, is out of Pope High School, up Marietta. And uh, Nick Anderson, his first appearance as a Brave, he uh, works a scoreless, hitless Fifth inning, strikes out a couple of men. And Nick Anderson's a guy I think a lot of people are excited about from a bullpen standpoint. Um, the Braves really, you know, losing Kenley Jansen. I know there were those who uh, would have liked Kenley to be a little more efficient and uh, direct in the ninth inning last year. But between Joe Menez, Nick Anderson, and Lucas Lickey, who we saw yesterday, I mean, those are three pieces in the bullpen that are only going to uh, help one of the best bullpens in the league uh, get even better. So give to see Nick Anderson out there. And, again, if you want to tune in to uh the Braves and the Rays, you can't do so right now on one of three seven uh ESPN. But uh I think, you know, Chuck and Chernoff are sitting there saying, like, what
5: Wiley, what we are you doing? Do no. You
3: don't want to do that. Is that it's, is it's that a,
5: sabotage? Well, I mean it's a spring training game. Uh you're not missing much and we're thoroughly entertaining. Thoroughly, thoroughly entertaining. why would we want to uh you know have you leave us? Hi, Wiley. I'm not gonna do it. Good to see you. Yeah, I'm not doing it. Star yeah.
4: ninety four is playing the weekend right now, Wiley. I want to
5: switch over there. <laughs> Essentially that, the same is that,
3: thing. Is that a no no in radio? Well it's
5: our product, which is nice, <laughs> yeah. but it, it's still you know, you're taking food off my table.
3: Okay, I gotcha.
5: I gotcha. Okay.
3: Well, uh how are you guys feeling? are you, are you concerned about Ian Anderson?
5: I don't Are you are you let's say this, are you more concerned than you were twenty four hours ago? Not really. I mean I I don't get concerned about stuff. What's the date? Uh March first. Yeah I don't get it. It was February yesterday. I don't get excited or or worried on March first about anything. Like Von Grissom had three hits. Yeah. Nick Anderson had a scoreless inning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just I don't I guess we've we've been through this spring training stuff so much that I don't think it ever applies to the regular season. I've seen guys hit six hundred in oh, spring yeah. and then they come out over for twenty two. I just I don't know that how much it carries over. Well can we at least celebrate the idea that Nick Anderson pitched an onion and his elbow didn't snap in half? So okay. And Chuckle, he's probably tired of me for two decades no, doing it. All I care about is health. Now I'd like to see Ian, for instance, who left injured last season and didn't pitch well. Sure, I'd like to see him feel good about himself. As long as guys are healthy at the end of March, I don't, yeah. I don't care. Like, Tell me Max Fried makes four good starts that are, he leaves and there's no structural issues with his elbow yeah. or shoulder, I'm happy. Or, or no stomach illness either. And that's and, yes. that's and
3: that's not the case for a lot of the play. I mean, Gavin Lux is out
5: for the oh, year. See, that to me. I always say when you hear stories out of spring training or, or football training camp, it's bad. It's bad. You want quiet. You want no stories. You want just a bunch of like, oh, there's some guys hitting in a cage. And there's you know, some final scores. I don't. I don't want to know anything else.
3: No. And you go back to I guess what was it? Was it ninety four when Chipper had the, had the big oh. injury? Yeah.
5: I mean that like I mean, you can almost detail the the ones that have been like show stop it. So the Gavin Lux thing. Uh, not the Braves fans probably care too much about the Dodgers, <laughs> and I don't blame them. But the Dodgers have gotten a lot more razor thin when it comes to depth. Oh yeah. So now all of a sudden, say hello to Miguel Rojas, right? And like they're. They're a team that spend and spends and spends, but at some point they stop spending. Mm -hmm. So it's like once they have an injury, now all of a sudden it changes everything. I'm not saying the Braves – listen, if the Braves suffered an injury to Ozzy, right, or God forbid Austin, we do the same thing. You're not going to fill that spot with something in-house and say, all right, we're good enough to just keep chugging along. Yep.
3: No, and for I me, mean, for you know Miguel Rojas is interesting because I think he's kind of been the nice story in Miami, like, oh, it's a team leader, plays pretty well. But all of a sudden, that, that, that switch is going to flip now you're starting shortstop for the Dodgers, where it's not going to be nearly as easy to be so popular.
5: That is a very weird thing. The Dodgers <laughs> have guys like Trace Thompson penciled in the yeah. start, and now Miguel Rojas is scheduled to start. And you're looking at Max Muncy, who's not been the same guy, and Chris Taylor. It's it's a team that's aged and still remains very expensive. I still think the Braves, if you look at the Braves, the Dodgers, the Phillies, Uh, You look at the Mets, the best teams in the NL, I think the Braves are the deepest team from the starting lineup to the 26th guy on the roster. The injury thing can can surely attack that, but it's weird, Wiley, to say the Dodgers can't afford a big injury or two the way they could have just three years ago. 100%. Uh,
3: So besides the Dodger talk, what do you guys got coming up on the big show today?
5: So we'll obviously cover the uh, breaking news that happened this morning with Jalen Carter. We'll start the uh, proceedings here in a moment with our – Legal expert Bruce Hagan to talk about what's next for Jalen Carter, who has a warrant out. Jalen put out a statement. We'll read that to the audience. We'll also talk to our agent friend, uh, Hadley Englehart, who has represented a lot of NFL players. We'll ask him about the effects now for Jalen, who will not have the experience at the Combine. Mm -hmm. The whole narrative on him changes. You've got to deal with people labeling you as character issues and all this other stuff. So we'll ask Hadley about how that affects him. So we'll cover those stories, plus uh, all the other stuff.
3: Got it. Well, uh, again, that's a – how many words for that? That's That's uh, it's been a to story. Wiley, how are you? I'm in good shape. Are you? You yeah, look great. I'm Your in, hair, hair looks good. I feel good. I yeah. appreciate it. You know. You any TV a, coming up? No, nothing. Nothing. Per, I'm do, I'll am do. do some college baseball on the Watch ESPN app. I How's the lady you know, life? The lady life? Are you single? I'm actually not.
5: Oh, breaking news! Breaking – is this a long term? Is this –
3: L C R this is a few months okay, this, is, this is a few months are you all know, on. It's, been, it's been close Breaking to the best. News. are you all IG official i think i am on her ig yeah this but, <laughs> but you haven't i think i got one up there yeah it's available all right it's available no she's in nashville 4 hours away so it's
5: a long term relationship i mean it's the uh long distance
3: long distance yeah and it's and by my standard that's long term I oh, well, can assure you, that is long-term, yeah. Well, I'm happy. You, you have a glow about you. I, you know what, man? I wa- I wake up happier. Good. I know? can hear I'm your voice. Better place. How yeah, do you better keep it place. spicy? Me? Well, we can't. We can't. Sure, we got to get to commercial break.
5: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I know. I just I just play some of the cuts that you have over there of me going, uh-huh.
5: She gets excited.
3: <laughs> Very good. All right. Oh man. Well that covers it all. Yeah, <laughs> I think we're good to go. All right. I'm gonna go make a phone call, apologizing right now. Good to see you guys. Thank you for wrap. Fun. Yeah, I, you got to throw it at break. I, I, think thought, so. I thought you threw it to no, break. No, it's, no, it's your portion. The report. You want me to do it? No, I got it. <laughs> all right, Chuck and Chernoff coming up next. This has been the Braves Clubhouse Report on the Fan 689 937 fl Why don't you say we go ahead and uh, go to a break?
1: Nailed it. Thanks for joining us for the latest on your go Atlanta break. Braves on WCNN North Atlanta, a Dickey Broadcasting Station. Join the fan every Wednesday at 2 p.m. for all the latest news on your Atlanta Braves. <laughs>